0: It's Wednesday, February 15th, and this is Good Will Talk Daily. Great to be with you again today. Welcome to Goodwill Talk Daily. And a quick reminder that tonight we have our parenting class, par- Parenting While Married or Not, Pastor John and his wife, Shannon, are going to be leading us tonight in a really cool time talking about parenting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. It's going to help us to to have the right priorities as we parent. And in the the midst of just a wave of parenting books and advice columns and all the things that are telling you how to be a parent on social media, um, we just want to know what does the Bible say about parenting and what are some really good wisdom principles to apply to our parenting, particularly what is it we want to be focused on in the lives of our kids? And so, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, or an aunt, or an uncle, if you serve kids, uh, single or married, I encourage you to be here tonight and be a part of that. We also have American Heritage Girls Trail Life Boys Youth Group Choir. So many things going on. I encourage you to be here tonight if you are able. Well, let's turn our attention now to Isaiah chapter 19, a prophecy against Egypt, and a little background there are those who can see the Assyrian threat looming. They know in the north that Assyria is eventually going to sweep south and try and destroy them, but they're not afraid. Why? Because they're trusting in the power of the Egyptians with the support of the Kushites that we met yesterday to come in and fight the Assyrians and so Israel would be saved. But they're putting their faith in the wrong place. They're putting their faith in the power of Egypt, not in the sovereignty and the providence of God. So we're going to see now how this is going to play out over the next couple of chapters today and tomorrow. First, a prophecy against Egypt. This is Isaiah chapter 19, starting in verse 1. A prophecy against Egypt. See, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and is coming to Egypt. The idols of Egypt tremble before him, and the hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. I will stir up Egyptian against Egyptian. Brother will fight against brother, neighbor against neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. The Egyptians will lose heart, and I will bring their plans to nothing. They will consult the idols and the spirits of the dead, the mediums and the spiritists. I will hand the Egyptians over to the power of a cruel master and a fierce king will rule over them, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. The waters of the river will dry up and the riverbed will be parched and dry. The canals will stink. The streams of Egypt will dwindle up and dry up. The reeds and rushes will wither. Also, the plants along the Nile at the mouth of the river, every sown field along the Nile will become parched, will blow away and be no more. The fishermen will groan and lament, all who cast hooks into the Nile. Those who throw nets on the water will pine away. Those who work with combed flax will despair. The weavers of fine linen will lose hope. The workers in cloth will be dejected and all the wage earners will be sick at heart. The officials of Zoan, are nothing but fools. The wise counselors of Pharaoh give senseless advice. How can you say to Pharaoh, I'm one of the wise men, a disciple of the ancient kings? Where are your wise men now? Let them show you, and make known what the Almighty has planned against Egypt. The officials of Zoan have become fools. The leaders of Memphis are deceived. The cornerstones of her peoples have led Egypt astray. The Lord has poured into them a spirit of dizziness. They make Egypt stagger in all that she does as a drunkard staggers around in his vomit. There is nothing Egypt can do, head or tail, palm branch or reed. In that day, the Egyptians will become weaklings. They will shudder with fear at the uplifted hand that the Lord Almighty raises against them. And the land of Judah will bring terror to the Egyptians. Everyone to whom Judah is mentioned will be terrified because of what the Lord Almighty is planning against them. In that day, five cities in Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord Almighty. One of them will be called the City of the Sun. In that day, there will be an, an, an altar to the Lord in the heart of Egypt and a monument to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and witness to the Lord Almighty in the land of Egypt. When they cry out to the Lord because of their oppressors, he will send them a savior and defender, and he will rescue them. So the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, and in that day they will acknowledge the Lord. They will worship the sacrifices with sacrifices and grain offerings. They will make vows to the Lord and keep them. The Lord will strike Egypt with a plague. He will strike them and heal them. They will turn to the Lord, and he will respond to their pleas and heal them. In that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. The Assyrians will go to Egypt and the Egyptians to Assyria. The Egyptians and Assyrians will worship together. In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing on the earth. The Lord Almighty will bless them, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork, and Israel, my inheritance. It's a striking prophecy. Egypt trusts in their ability to ward off any Assyrian threat. They've beaten Israel in the past. Israel has had a treaty with them at times. Sometimes they don't. Same with Judah in the south. Egypt trusts in their own strength and in the strength provided to them through the gods of Egypt and the gods of Egypt. They're, they're famed. They're the precursors of the gods of the Greeks and the gods of the Romans this pantheon of gods and a powerful nation to say these gods are real. But those gods melt before the Lord. God himself will stand amongst the gods of Egypt and demonstrate himself to be all-powerful, all-glorious, all-holy. There is no God like our God. And the Egyptians, who are trusting in their own strength, will find themselves defeated even by a smaller army out of Judah. The Assyrians will take them off into exile. They'll do so to the Egyptians and to the Cushites. God is warning them, don't trust in your own strength. You think you can weather anything, and I'm telling you, you can't. But one day, God says, I will build a highway From Egypt to Assyria. Now, if you were to draw a line from Egypt to Assyria on a map, you would go right through Israel. And what he says is Israel is going to be the third, and there will be this group, the enemies of God and the people of God, all together worshiping the one true God of Israel. Wow, that sounds like revelation, doesn't it? Where all of the enemies of God are finally brought into worship of God. How is it possible that enemies become children? How is it possible that the inheritance of Israel is only a part of these other great powers, Egypt and Assyria, all three of them now worshiping the same God? How is that possible? Only in Jesus Christ. This is the beauty of the kingdom. The one true kingdom is not known for being monoethnic, it's not just the people of Israel, but it is all peoples, every tribe, tongue, nation. It is a multi-ethnic, multinational kingdom, people from all of the nations. Every tongue, tribe, and people group will be gathered together to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the hope of the gospel. We get to be a part of that. And that's not new in the New Testament. God himself is saying, even in the Old Testament, I'm doing this. Even Egypt and Assyria will join Israel in the worship of the one true God of Israel, Jesus Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, we are a part of a great move of God, establishing His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we have the privilege of speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ, that powerful force that unites disparate peoples in the one Christ, making us one with one another as well. That's what the gospel does. It turns strangers into brothers and sisters, orphans into children of God. If he can save and draw in even Egypt and Assyria, then the good news is he can bring in your family member, your friend, your coworker, even that one who so has her heart, his heart set against God. Jesus is in the business of saving sinners. So let's take a moment and pray for those who may feel like our Egypt and Assyria, that they would draw near to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you still have the power to save. For your power never weakens or wanes. You save sinners. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would bring our loved ones who maybe have their hearts set against you like Egypt and Assyria did, bring our loved ones into your kingdom. Save them from their sins. We pray that your spirit would be at work and that you would open up opportunities for us to be able to declare the gospel, to share the good news that Jesus died for our sins and rose again, that we might enter into this new kingdom, this new place. Lord, give us the courage to seize the opportunity to share the gospel. Soften the hearts of the ones that we love. Save your people from their sins. We love you. Thank you for loving us and saving us. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you again tomorrow right back here at Goodwill Talk Daily.